0: And for because we took out almost 30 seats to spread the aisles a little broader and make room. So it's a good problem, I guess. The Lord is, if you can imagine, if we had all the seats in here, I'd, I still don't know if we'd have room. I'm thankful for the hunger of people to be in the house of God. It's important. I said it's important. It's important to be in the house of God, come together. But with two services, I find that the Lord to deal with me about things in the Word, and I'm never sure when and where He wants to draw it out. Uh, Most of you know at this point, if you've been around any time at all, we usually don't. Sometimes we do. Sometimes the Lord is very direct and specific, and I know, man, I know right where we're going to go and where we're going, and then sometimes He just is putting stuff in me, dealing with me, and I'm just waiting to see what He's wanting to draw out. More often than not, that's the case. I'm just waiting to see, and So I've been, the Lord has been dealing with me about Hebrews all morning. I thought we were going there in the first service. We never made it really. But here we are again, and so the Lord knows. You think the Lord knows who would be in the service at 9.30 and who would be in the service at 11.15? You think God knows that? Of course He does, doesn't He? He knows. So if you ever show up and you think, man, that guy was picking on me, I promise. I promise, I wasn't trying to, and it wasn't, you got to know, man, the the Lord knows what we need, He knows where we are, and I, the way the Lord, we're just talking for a minute, is that okay, I'm going to tell on myself, and um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but Oftentimes, when I'm, you, you may see me over here just walking and praying over there while we're worshiping together. I'm really trying to listen. Just listening, listening, listening. God, where are you? Where are you going? Where are you? Where are you going? What are you? I don't know. But I don't know if you feel what I feel right now. The Spirit of the Lord that's here and the ministering Spirit of the Lord that's here. And so I'll find myself there walking and praying. I'm, you might think, what's he doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm listening, I'm trying to listen. And so, doing that earlier, I ended up back in Hebrews again. So, let's just see what the Lord wants to do here. Lord to be in tune. I'm going to dismiss children from ages 4 to 11. 4 to 11. You can go to class. There's a teacher down there waiting on you. And so you can go and I promise you, you will have a wonderful time. Now I'm sorry if you're 3.88 years old, but it won't be long. You'll be able to go. Or if you're 12, I'm sorry, but if you're 4, to eleven you can go to class down there, and you'll have a great time, and it won't be it won't be weird. you say, well, I don't know anybody it'll be all right You'll open the Bible they'll talk about some things, and man, I don't know they might have snacks. It puts pressure on me sometimes no. okay. praise God, I'm thankful for teachers and i'm thankful for the opportunity to teach the word. Hebrews chapter number eleven verse number. Thirty-two. We did get this far earlier, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start where we sort of started, and then we just went a whole different. But if you read the first thirty-one chapters, we know, of course, that Hebrews is the chapter of faith. Faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I want faith because I want to please God, don't you? And so Hebrews 11 is the chapter of faith. It's filled with heroes of faith. We see Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Moses. And we see these names mentioned throughout Hebrews 11. And the scripture tells us, by faith they, by faith they, by faith they. And I, I started with this example earlier, then we ended up the different direction. I think we're going to stay in this vein here. By faith, the Bible says, Noah prepared an ark. By faith. And so, you say, well, where'd that idea come from? Where'd the idea for Noah to build an ark come from? God. Right? God said, build an ark. Well, the Bible says it was by faith. Now, you know this. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the... Word of God. So watch. See, the word agrees. Noah heard from God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Noah heard from God. He had faith. He believed the word God told him. And so, because he believed God's word, Noah did a work. He acted in faith. It wasn't his own idea to build an ark. It was God's idea. The Bible says, James tells us, faith without what? Works. Is what? Dead. I don't want dead faith. I don't want dead faith. I want living faith. Amen? So, James said, faith without works is dead. Here's the deal. The works have got to be works that God tells us to do. Not us trying to do stuff in our own effort and ability to prove something to God. Or earn something from God. That's self-righteousness. Noah's works were God's idea. You want to get frustrated living for God? then try to do all the stuff you think you're supposed to do, but you're never in communication and fellowship and getting any direction from God. That's your own works. That's self-righteousness. That's works of the flesh. You say, well, yeah, but I'm working for God. If you're doing all this stuff that God didn't tell you to do, you're just doing works, trying to prove something to God, trying to earn something from God. That's self-righteousness. That's Pharisaism, what we read in the Old Testament. Noah did works, but the works he did was he had a relationship with God. And his relationship with God allowed him to hear the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of God, he did works, faith, faith that he heard from God. So his works weren't trying to prove something. His works were obedience to the voice of God. Notice, here's what we do. We're still going a different direction than I thought. But we're in Hebrews. Here's what we do. Rather than have a relationship with we, I mean humanity, I'm not like singling you out, but if it fits, let the Lord help us today. What we do is rather than give time and energy and effort to a relationship with God, fellowshipping Him daily in prayer, fellowshipping Him through His word, fellowshipping with the body of Christ, coming together and worshiping Him, rather than giving time, all of those things are vital and the most important is prayer and His word. But we also need the fellowship of the body, according to the word of God. Rather than give time to those things to develop a relationship with God, so we know his voice, hear his voice, get instruction, get direction. We just try to get a list of rules and follow the rules and somehow prove to God how good we are or aren't by following rules. And then we really get frustrated because no matter what, any ever, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to nod your head. You can just stare at me like you, I'm crazy. Anybody ever get frustrated trying to do the right thing? Yeah, see, your faces give you away. And, and, and even if you didn't make a face, I know because you're as human as I am. Get frustrated trying to do the right thing. You know why? Because you and I can't. The Bible says, in me and in you, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So, man, how am I supposed to do good if there's nothing good in me? Ah, there's the answer. But here's the problem. You say, well, what's the answer? Don't worry, we'll come back to it. That's the answer. Here's the deal. Rather than me and you, if I'm not careful, rather than spending time with God to develop a relationship with God through prayer, through the Word, through crucifying my flesh, through denying my flesh, and developing a relationship with God, you know what? It may be frustrating trying to do good, But I'll just keep trying to do good and go on seeing what comes of my life rather than crucify my flesh, deny myself and get alone and spend time with God and spend time with his word and truly fellowship him and develop a relationship with him. You know what that is? You know, we call that in the natural. We call that relationship of convenience. And some people. People. Some people have a relationship of convenience with God. It's convenient to feel his presence when I need to. It's convenient to say I know stuff in his word. It's convenient. But there's no depth of relationship. You know how you know there's no depth of relationship? A relationship takes on depth when it's not all about me. When it becomes about the other party in the relationship. This is why some of you have heard me make this statement before. This is why I can say when my wife and I got married almost 29 years ago, we were not in love. You're like, well, I, know, I thought you. Did I tell her I loved her? Yes, I did. Was I lying to her, not intentionally? I just didn't know what love was. Because I'm going to tell you, I was getting married and I was really in it more for what was in it for me than for her. I was looking at all the benefits of being married. Or what I thought were the benefits of being married. That's a pretty shallow relationship, isn't it? And I still have to fight that sometimes because I'm human like you are. But as depth of relationship comes. Now I'm in it for her. I want to know what pleases her. Right. I want to take care of her. Not begrudgingly. I want to do it good. I want to take good care of her. I I sort of want to spoil her. Not too much. You know, got to keep balance. I'm talking about depth of relationship with God. And so what happens is, I haven't forgotten the answer. We'll come back to the answer here. Sometimes you guys think I forget because I probably do sometimes. So what's the answer if there's no good thing in my flesh? How am I supposed to do good? Here's how. I'm supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God. And now I can say with the Apostle Paul, this is the goal. This is the goal. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So now, who's doing good? Him that lives in me. Him that lives through me. I'm, I'm, really, I'm going to tell you a secret here, and this probably isn't really a secret. You knew this already, but I'm going to tell you anyway. If you think I love you in my own ability, you're deceived. Do I love you? Absolutely, I love you. Do I care about you? Yeah, when you hurt, I hurt. When something goes sideways in your life, it pangs me, it grieves me. I, it, I there's I weep over you, I cry over you. At times I rejoice with you. I sell, but you know what? That's not me. That's not my goodness what you're experiencing, what you're identifying with, that's the Spirit of God that He's filled me with and He's given me a heart. It's the heart of God to care. You know where you get frustrated? Where I'll get frustrated is when you and I try to love and care and reach in our human compassion, our human effort. Why do we do that? Because I haven't gotten a depth of relationship with God where He can flow through me that way. when there's no depth of relationship, what do I do? I want it to look like I have a relationship. And so I'll do works of my flesh. I'll try to do good works so people will look and think I have a relationship. Even though I have no depth of relationship. How do you tell the difference? I'll tell you how. When he's leading me and he's doing the work. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. When I'm doing the work. Effort. I feel pressure. Never good enough. Never able to do enough. Always falling short. Never measuring. I'm not justifying sin, you understand. I'm talking about this battle that goes on inside of us. What's going on? I'm trying to produce it myself, trying to make it happen myself, trying to bring it to bear myself. And so that becomes my indicator. Hold on a minute. Who are you relying on here? Who's working in your life? Pressure is the indicator. Another indicator is peace. My peace is gone. Man, I don't have peace. how come I don't have peace? Well, I'm not abiding in him. I'm trying to operate in my own ability. In Jesus' name. Well, that was all foundational. So let's... Noah, that's who we were talking about. Noah building an ark. His faith to build an ark was because he'd heard from God. But Noah had a relationship with God. That's why he heard his voice. He didn't follow all the rules before he had the relationship. This is why Jesus said to his disciples. Most of you can finish this verse. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments, right? That's what he said. Notice he didn't say, keep my commandments to prove you love me. That's how we turn that scripture. I got to prove it. I got to prove it. I got to prove it. That's self-righteous. When I love him, I keep his commandments not out of force. Not like, okay, here's the list of rules. Let's you got them all. If you love me, you're going to follow all these. No, no, no. If I love him, his spirit operating through me, the love of Christ in me and his spirit dwelling in me, I keep them even when I don't even know I'm keeping them. This is God operating. Man can't keep all of his commandments. They proved that. 613 of them. Go read them. Dig them out if you want to study Exodus and Leviticus. Couldn't keep them all. But he said, if you love me, you will. This is why Paul, when the Jews, the Jews came to. The Gentiles that had been filled with the Holy Ghost, the Jews were accusing them because, you know, they haven't been circumcised. They don't do this. They don't keep this Jewish law. They don't keep this Old Testament law. They don't keep this Old Testament law. They're not, you know, they, they were really hanging up on circumcision. Not understanding that circumcision of the flesh. There's your sign. Circumcision of the flesh was Old Testament. Old Testament. In the New Testament, baptism, the Bible teaches us, is circumcision of the heart. They were still trying to deal in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And Paul declared, because they were the Jews are promoting this flesh thing, Paul declared to them, he said, why would you, speaking to the Jews, why would you try to take this and put it on the Gentiles when you can't even live up to it? He said, you can't live up to the law, but these that are filled with the spirit... They're keeping the law and they don't even realize they're keeping it. But they're doing it because they're filled with the Spirit. In other words, he was saying they got a relationship and they're keeping the commandments out of relationship. They don't even know what they all are. you got them all memorized and can't keep them. And they're over here filled with the Spirit, just doing what the Spirit is leading them to do and fellowshipping relationship with God and His Spirit. They're doing right according to the Word of God. Not because they learned, okay, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't. Jesus' name. I'm trying not to get in trouble. I mentioned being married. Sometimes I will express to my wife, baby, could you just tell me like 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 what you want me to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not tracking here, like you know like don't I know I'm the only guy that struggles with this in life's journey, like don't suggest and recommend and i'm I'm missing the hints oh, I feel conviction in the room. <laughs> I'm missing the hints, see you guys are like he is human see i, I I'm trying. Now, after 29 years, I don't miss as many hints as I used to. Why? Because through relationship, I understand the language. Does that make sense to you? Through relationship, I understand how she speaks. Not every day. As we spend time with God through relationship, we learn how he speaks to us. And then we respond to him. But sometimes what I do, maybe you do this too in your relationship with God. This is a rule follower. Just tell me what to do, Lord. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. In other words, I don't want to spend time waiting in prayer and maybe fasting and digging in your word and waiting until you speak before I... Just tell me what to do. I just need... Right? It's the... Getting in a place and posturing ourselves to hear His voice. You understand, this is so critical in this hour that we live in, that we need to hear the voice of God. And we need to live our lives out of a place of relationship with Him so that He can direct our every day. Daniel went to prayer. Read it, Daniel chapter 10, I believe. Daniel went to prayer. He prayed and fasted for 21 days, and he heard nothing. After three weeks, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. You know what the angel of the Lord said to him? Said, Daniel, from the moment you started praying and you set your heart to understand, the Lord heard your words. I've been praying for three weeks. Now, the moment you set your heart to understand, begin to pray, God heard your words. And the angel said, And I came. Like immediately the Lord sent me. But he says, The prince of Persia withstood me. There was spiritual resistance to the response to your prayer. Don't think you and I can pray and pursue a life lived for God and there be no spiritual resistance. There's going to be, we're not battling flesh and blood. We're battling spiritual things. And so don't seek to pursue a relationship with God and things don't go your way the first two or three weeks. <sighs> I tried. Two or three months. Everything, God, God's not, I'll come in and just fix everything and it'll be perfect. No, He allows struggles, tri- struggles trials, tests in our lives to shape us. Am I going to rely on him or am I going to rely on self? Am I going to trust in him regardless of circumstance? Where's my trust in this relationship? The angel said, the prince of Persia withstood me. See, it's there, I told you. He withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the other chief princes, came to help me. So he's up there fighting still. And I remained there. Next verse, look at the next verse since it's up there. This is the part I like. Now I'm come to make you understand what's going to happen. The angel of the Lord told Daniel, I've come for your words. Took three weeks. Relationship. Daniel had a relationship. He was content to wait to understand. Now, Hebrews, let's go. Verse 32. The Lord wants a deep abiding relationship with you and I. It's important to him. He doesn't want a Sunday morning only relationship with us. He wants a 24 hours a day, seven days a week relationship with him. I'm not just married to my wife certain days of the week. Some people have a relationship with God like that. Verse 32. All these heroes of faith that had relationship with God. What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens or foreigners that would attack. Verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. Man, that's powerful stuff, isn't it? And others were tortured. Well, that's not so good. Not accepting deliverance so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. And that's not so good either. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. Man, I like faith better when it was dead being raised and those type of things. I didn't like scourgings, cruel mockings, imprisonment. here. Sure. You think that's bad? Watch this. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. The writer of Hebrews is expressing when you follow faith in God, when you give yourself to hearing His word and obeying Him, it doesn't mean everything in life is going to just go perfectly your way. But it means you have a confidence in the relationship with God and the word of God. Come what may, I've heard from God. Come what may, my trust is in Him. Come what may, He's in control. Some of us have to get to a place in relationship with God to where I stop questioning everything that comes my way where my faith and my hope and my trust and my confidence is in Him, not in circumstances, situations, trials and tests. They had faith and they went through those things. Somewhere we have bought into this idea that if we're blessed of God, then that means everything's really good in my life. I have no problems in my life. I never have trouble in my life. It means my bank account's full. My pantry's full. I have the latest of things. And that means I'm blessed. That probably is more like cursed. Why? Because I start trusting in those things rather than trusting in Him. You said, you mean God won't bless us in our cupboard and financially? And I'm not saying that at all. He'll do that once he knows he can trust you with it. But if he knows he puts that in your hand and it's going to cause you to walk away from relationship with him, why would a loving God allow that to happen? He'd rather you live a life filled with pain, problems, and pressure and be saved. And live a life with no pain, no problems, no struggles, everything perfect. And be lost and spend eternity in hell. Love is not concerned more with present comfort than eternal living. So this is why we see these different things. You understand James and John were brothers. Those two disciples, you've heard of them. You know John, he wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He wrote the gospel of John. You've heard of him. James was his brother. You know, it was James that had his head cut off early on in the book of Acts. John, who'd grown up with this boy, now man, had to witness his brother's head being cut off. And know that it was because he chose to identify with the relationship with Jesus Christ. You think John had any questions? And then John watched Peter go to prison so his head could be cut off. And an angel showed up and rescued Peter. Brought him out. Think John had any issues with that that he had to navigate through? He had to have a confidence in his relationship with God. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Well, That's unfair. No, God's not unfair. God does what must be done to save people and promote his kingdom. It's all about him. So that's why we see these different circumstances of those that walked in faith. Faith doesn't look the same in its result for everybody, at least not in this life. If you're wanting to know, when does it look the same for everybody? When we get over there. We all have the same promise over there. Our faith in the response to the word of God here makes sure we all get to experience it there. So stop comparing relationships. Stop comparing circumstances. Put your confidence in him. He wants to save us from this present evil world. Okay, we got to read faster so I can finish. Watch what the Bible says about these people that went through this in faith. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, mountains, dens, caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise, God, having provided some better thing for us, that's you and I, that they, those that had gone before, without us, you and I, should not be made perfect. In other words, all those that died in faith, that word perfect there means complete. All those that died in faith are not complete without you and I. Man, if you didn't feel a weight of responsibility before, we should now. They are not complete, the Bible says. That's, again, that word perfect means complete. All of those, you read all of Hebrews 11, all of those that died in faith are not complete without you and I. Now man put the chapters there. When, when the writer of Hebrews wrote the letter of Hebrews, it was all one letter, not multiple chapters with numbers in it. So he keeps re, he keeps writing. Wherefore, seeing we... Now he's talking to us. He was talking about those that have died in faith. Now he's talking to you and I that are going to make them complete. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed or surrounded about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, everybody say us. us. Say us. us. Say me. Ah, yeah, it's personal. Let us. Considering all those that have died and are waiting on the completion that will only come through us, through me, we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses that have died in faith. Let us, let me, let you lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race. That is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand. Of the throne of God. Put verse 1 back up there. And I'm finishing. The writer said. Let us lay aside every weight a weight is anything see sometimes we ask the wrong question sometimes we ask well is it a sin question isn't it isn't is it a sin If it's a sin, there's not even a question, right? If it's a sin, you shouldn't... right? We need to take that to the Lord, repent, and by His grace not repeat it. But oftentimes we ask the question about weights. Well, is it a sin? That's not the question. The question is, is it a weight? Anything that hinders me from running or you... From running my best race. I hope someone's hearing this today. Anything that hinders us from running our best race is a weight. Anybody ever watch the Olympics? Half of you won't know this name, but some of you will. Anybody ever heard of Carl Lewis? Like four of us. Let me think of somebody that's not as old. Uh, Michael Johnson. Yeah. If you, don't, you guys like watch the NBA and the NFL. Y'all, y'all don't know the Olympics. Okay, so these guys are... How many of you have ever watched the Olympic runners? Let's just say it that way, even if you don't know their names. You watch them sprint and run, right? Right. You ever notice how they all keep on those big heavy sweatsuits and they... No, no, right? You know, it's like right. Before, they may have on like a zip-up sweat jacket and pants, but before they run, what do they do? And they took. I'm not condoning this. You understand? It's an analogy. It's an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just want to make that clear. Why don't they just leave on those sweatpants and that jacket? It's added weight. Oh, come on, those things are professionally made. They don't weigh anything. They're like maybe an extra pound and a half, that whole sweatsuit. Any weight that hinders me from running my best race. I mean, they get down to tank tops that fit as tight as they can. Why do they want them to fit so tight? If it's loose, it can catch the wind. And that becomes resistance. It's a weight. What are they doing? They're eliminating as much. They want the best advantage they can get. And so they eliminate every possible weight. Do you know where the Olympics started? Greece. Did you know originally in the Olympics when they ran? They ran completely naked. Because they learned, if I have nothing on, I'm at my best advantage. Paul used the example and he said, let us, the ones that are going to make all those that died in faith complete, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that doth so easily beset us. What does it mean to beset? It means to be put off course. Literally, that word means to be put off course, to be put off track. Anything that puts me off the course, let us lay it aside and run with patience. Stand with me, please. Notice what he said. The word of God is so powerful. Notice what he said. There's so much in that verse. Let us run with patience. What are we supposed to run with patience? What race are we supposed to run? The race that is set before us. Guess what? The race that is set before Brother Lewis is different than the race that's set before me. This isn't the Olympics. We're not all running around the same oval track. Life's journey looks different for every one of us. That's why. The rider said, run the race that is set before us. I can't run Lewis's race. He can't run my race. You can't run my But you know what we do? Here, but Lewis, come stand right up there for a second. Perfect. Act like you're a runner. <laughs> Look at that. I think I could take him. You know what we do when we're running our race? we like to look and compare how come i've got hurdles but he doesn't his path seems so clear seems like he got better training than i did how come i'm, I'm having to figure all this out but it seems like somebody came alongside him and just helped him the whole time that's what we do we get comp- we start comparing cuz i don't and so what am i doing i'm not running my race i'm focused on his race Paul said, run the race that is set before us. Here's what I I hear the Spirit of the Lord trying to do for us today. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. It doesn't take a whole lot of spiritual discernment and time with God. If you're serious about this, to start figuring out what weights are. And your way to be different than mine. Right. Some people have completely different weights. Why? Because some things just get a hold of you that they don't even matter to me and vice versa. You understand? We have different things that we value or care about. And if we're not careful, we'll put our focus on those and those things become a weight. We're in a race. Would you be willing to respond to the Lord where he dealt with you and lay aside every weight? He didn't say some, he said every and the lay aside there the way he wrote it. It speaks of not picking it back up again. It's lay aside to be done with it. I'm stopping going back there. God's forgiven me. I'm not going to keep entertaining those thoughts. God has delivered me. I'm not going to continue in fear that I may stumble again. I'm, I'm going to lay aside that. I'm done giving the adversary room in my mind. If it comes again, I'm going to tell him, no, God's done the work. we got to lay aside some things there's a race to be run. Come on, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Let His Spirit work in your life today. Let His Word grip your heart today. Some of you are here this morning, you're looking for answers. You're going, Man, I gotta get my life in order. I gotta get my life in alignment with the will of God. The word of the Lord gives us clear and sure direction on how we gotta do that. I've got to lay aside any weight that would keep me from running the race the way He intends. In the name of Jesus, Father, we can't do this in our own ability. We can't do it in our own effort. We need the working of your spirit and word in us. I pray your spirit of wisdom and revelation today. Your spirit, Lord, of wisdom and revelation. That we would recognize things that are weights and hindrances in our life. Things that come that would beset us from staying the course. In the name of Jesus, 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 strength to run the race, grace to run the race, wisdom to run the race. Looking to you, Lord, not looking on circumstances, not looking to my brother or sister to the left or the right and judging their race, but looking to you who is the author and the finisher of my faith in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that there be a completion in the body of Christ, a fullness in the body of Christ. That the cloud of witnesses that surround us would see us running the race. Bringing completion to your work. Bringing fulfillment to the promise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. This may seem odd, but I... As we were praying, this passed by. Our spouse, where we're married, is not a weight. So if you think, well, I need to lay aside my spouse. The Lord's telling me I should get a divorce. That's a lie from the pit of hell. All right. They're not a weight. We need to learn to run together. The Bible says we're one flesh. All right? Now, I realize there may be unbelieving spouses. So, what do we do? If you fall in that, you run the race that God set before you, you live the life looking to Him. And trust God with what you can't control. Amen. Run the race. Run the race. It's a worthwhile race. In Jesus name. Can We thank the Lord together before we go today. Lord, I thank you for your grace, for your word, for your wisdom, for the people of God and the hunger of hearts today. I pray let your spirit reach into each one of us and accomplish your desired end. Let the design of God and the will of God be wrought in every one of us. In Jesus' name, let us not be deceived by the God of this world. But I pray that we hold to your word and walk in it by your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you today. Thank you for being in the house of God. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Oh, see, I told you I'd get reminded. If, if you have tithe to return or offering to give, there's a basket here. There's baskets here on the platform. Feel free. God bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name.